It's time for the 8 Grady Sports Show on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team with Jerome Espinoza and Dontrell Moore. Jerome Espinoza is a Class A PGA professional and director of instruction for 8 Grady's Golf. Mm. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! Dontrell Moore is a former Lobos and NFL running back and part of the Lobos Football Ring of Honor. Dontrell Moore and he takes it in for the touchdown. Every Saturday morning, the guys will talk golf football and what it takes to be an elite competitor now here's jerome espinoza and dontrell moore good morning and welcome to the eight grady sports show we're here for another week alongside dontrell moore i am jerome espinoza pj golf professional and operate eight grady's golf and uh, Dontrell Moore operates the Dontrell Moore Football Academy. I'm getting better, dude. You are. I was I'm like, I was about better. to, I was about to intervene right there, and I was like, no, let my game, let my guy go. G house, like, let him go. I'm, like, I'm getting better each week. No you get doubt. better, you know. No it's doubt. Like, you would think people try to figure out what you do for a living. You know what I mean? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so we're here every Saturday, 10 to 11 a.m. on ESPN 101.7. The team talking all kinds of different stuff and. Um, you know, I've had fun with the show, Dontrell, with you, and it's been great. And Agreed, last man. week, um, the good old Ryder Cup. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Dude, here's a funny thing about the Ryder Cup. <laughs> so I, I guess, um, you know, I guess sometimes I vent on Facebook about the Ryder Cup. Okay. But a memory came up on like Sunday, and it was like, here's a memory from 2018. And it said something like, why do we even play this? Why do we even Play the Ryder Cup. Can we concede now? And I'm like, <gasps> no, dude, way. what the heck? That's a bit much. I'm there. like, in 18, we did the same thing. So the Americans get absolutely obliterated um, just from the get-go. Um, they made this one respectable, though. Yeah, the, they always seem to do better in the singles, um, which is Sunday singles. And we talked about it last week a little bit, the different formats that take place, the first um, two days, Friday, Saturday, are both team play, and then Sunday is individual, and everybody plays. Um, but the Americans were so far, so far back that uh, they gave themselves a tough proposition on Sunday. But we've historically, we've historically struggled in the foursomes. Um, yes, historically, whether we won or not, they've the Europeans have just always kind of played better in those matchups, and I'm I'm not sure why. I, I it's you could say it's the captain, and I know Zach Johnson, and you'll probably get into it. We'll get into it, but it's interesting to me that we we've struggled traditionally in in the foursomes. Well, foursomes, and we'll again clarify what foursomes is. Foursomes, and I try to make it as easy as possible, is you hit some shots. So foursomes is alternate shot. Um, you know, if I hit a tee shot, Dontrell's going to hit the next one, and then I hit the next one. And um, I can tell you, like, to be honest, playing foursomes, because I've tried to figure this out. I'm like, why is foursomes so hard? Um, and, and I don't, you know, that that format, alternate shot, is yeah. a difficult format as In it general, is. yeah. Um, because of, and, and again, it goes to, <laughs> to some of what we've talked about in golf, is a little bit of the emotion involved is I hit a really good drive. Now you're in the fairway. There's a little extra pressure because you're like, dude, I'm 140 yards right down the middle of the fairway, and you feel some pressure to hit a good shot? A great shot. Yeah. Especially if we're down. Yeah. Right? <laughs> let's say let's say we're down, you know, down two with three to play. Yep. You pipe a 320-yard drive. I have a nine iron in, yep. right? I'm like, yep. man, I got to put this to eight feet. So yeah. Jerome can make this putt, right? And then we'll keep going. So now you do that. <laughs> right. Oh, and right. now I have an eight-footer. Do you have to make and the And now I'm like, oh, my gosh, i got to make this so we can win this hole no or doubt. whatever the case may yes. be. And then let's just say that I miss the eight-footer because oh, you hit a great approach, approach. shot. Now I'm now I'm down, and I feel like I let you down. Absolutely, and so I think then it a carries lot of over that. into the next hole. <laughs> Psychology of sports, like we'll talk about a little bit today as well. But yes, absolutely. And I think there's a lot to be said for that, and it's really hard. Um, and I would say team events in general in golf, I've noticed. But when I've been the most successful in team events, um, not that it's anything like the Ryder Cup, but um, uh. A couple partners of I of mine, we've won the section championship or the section um, pro pro. I've oh, yeah. been a part of teams that have won it three times. Um, so I've won it with a couple different partners. 
Um, and basically, two, two man. Yes, it's okay. two person. And so basically, uh, the uh, the most recent one that's been probably I don't know three years ago we won it. I told my partner Evan, he's from um, Angel Fire, because it was our one of our first times playing together. I said, Evan, I do not care what you do. I said, I know this sounds very selfish. I said, I don't give a rip what you do. Don't care what I do. Like, if you want to try and drive a green, have at it. Go. <laughs> I don't care what you do. Now, I'm going to ignore you. I'm going to try to make par. If I'm in trouble, you try to do the same, but don't pay attention to what I'm doing. Tell our listeners why that works for you. What does that do for your psyche and the psychology of sport, the psychology of success, which we'll get into later in the show? Yeah, for me, well, I guess I just wanted him to play his own game. That's what I wanted Take to do. Take the pressure off of him. I didn't even care, and I was telling him because I wanted him to know, like, I don't care. Like, if you <laughs> hit so it in the funny. junk because that's what you do, I'll get out of the junk, get up and down, I don't care. All right. Because, again, I wanted to relieve as much pressure from him and have him play his game. Genius. And I would even say, you know, we'll talk Tiger, and I don't know, obviously we don't know that, but... Tiger put himself in some terrible, terrible positions and when he played golf. He's notoriously for off number one on the last day to hit a terrible tee shot. He's he what, like just snap hooking. Yeah, like drive? hook yeah. it or whatever. Yeah. Now, if we're partners, you know, I'm gonna get a little like, oh, Tiger put me in the junk. He doesn't care. He doesn't. He's like, okay, well, I hit it left and I'm behind <laughs> trees. I'm gonna figure out how to get it back in Absolutely. play. Love it get up and down and some people just don't play golf the same right like you can't play golf like me i cannot um and some people struggle because yeah i'm similar like if i'm in the crap i'm gonna fight and claw to get back into the into the hole or whatever and to add to that i remember tiger's putting philosophy you probably know it. you've heard it's well documented you maybe adopted it i never if i had a 12 footer an 18 footer or a nine footer I never left it short, he said, because I had no problem with the three or four footer coming back. Oh, yeah. You know that philosophy? Yeah. Because you, you've seen amateur golfers. You've seen us all at Los Altos or wherever we're at playing around. We're at Tanawan or we're, you know, wherever you play in, in, in Albuquerque. And they always leave the birdie putt short. They always leave that par putt short. Tiger's like, I'm never going to leave that put, that sh- putt short because I'm not afraid of the three or four footer coming back. Yeah. I give it a chance. To me, it's a mentality. I released I released the pressure for myself to be short on this birdie putt. And see, it was it's interesting you say that because Jack Nicholas was the opposite. He always Lager. said, "I want the putt to drop in on the last roll yep. because he didn't." And it I, again, it's, it's there's all- different different philosophies, different feels, different yes. comfort levels. Um, I I helped Noda run the, his junior tour, and I love watching those kids play because, dude, some of those kids awesome. have no fear. Now they scare the living daylights out of me because they're gonna <laughs> run it. By. They hit it and they hit it eight feet past, and I'm like, "Good night." Knocking the and then they knock in the eight footer. I'm like, "Dude, that's I insane." Kids. I love. It's like the snowboard kid. You know, like the five year old kid that you're you're on there and you're kind of you're <laughs> shaking your leg and they going. just zoom right by. You're like, "What the heck? What is going on?" They have no fear. Yeah, they've no. practiced. They've fallen. They've gotten up, and that's those kids, right? They know and notice thing that if I don't hit it past the hole i can't what yeah i, I mean, can't make it yeah and i and i jack's worked for him right yeah right because he was a great putter but i think the majority of people i think need to adopt the get the ball to the hole give it a shot well and here's give it a shot here's what i say just you know i'll play devil's advocate and it's it's what i teach my people sure. is get it close to the hole okay yeah. <laughs> i'm like i don't just get it close to the hole because so, you are like I can't tell you how many like high school kids that I teach yeah. that 30 footers, now they have 10 feet coming back. See, but that's a lag like, putt. To oh me, that's something gosh, different. Dude, I think I agree I'm with like, you. I think I agree with you there. What are you doing? <laughs> Just get it close. I don't agree. I'm talking, remember I said specifically yeah, the yeah. 12 footer, the yeah. 8 footer, the 10 footer. Don't leave those short yep. is what I'm talking about. Not the lag putts. Not well, the- and again, it goes back to our Ryder Cup talk. Some guys are not comfortable you know, if you and I play and you're comfortable smashing it by the hole in every single, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Don Trill keeps leaving me these four footers all day long. <laughs> I can tell you in in golf where you actually hole out because a lot of people do gimmies. Yeah, those four footers during a round of a tournament will start to wear on Absolutely. you. Like, and it's not. 
Again, you know, no one's holding a gun to your head or any of that sort of stuff. But it just mentally, it's draining yeah. if you're making four footer after oh. four footer after five footer all day long. Yeah, I agree. We um, want those tap ins because we, me and my friends don't play gimmies. Yeah. Not even a little bit. That's good. We laugh at each other. People laugh at us when we play with other people. <laughs> and they're like, "You didn't give him that." I was like, "No, it's 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 two it's three inches. Finish up." Yeah. <laughs> Ernie L's nine putted from three feet at yeah, the Masters. Oh, that's yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> so it again, I for us. Now, when I'm playing somebody, let's say for skins, or we're playing somebody and they want to, you know, bet a little bit on, you know, a dollar a hole or whatever, I have to make that two footer and three footer. But because I've been comfortable making it over the years with my friends, oh yeah, I have no problem stepping up and because what if he doesn't give it to me? Well, you would transition to tournament golf really well. <laughs> That's where a lot of people struggle transitioning from. Hey, I want to play in some tournaments. I'm like, okay, I'm just telling you, it's different um, because you can't pick it up. Absolutely, like you can't ever say uncle. <laughs> like there's not, you know, I hit three in the crap. Well, okay, keep going. Well, you're hitting seven. Keep going because there's no quit. And no. again, I guess you could quit, but I've just um, never. And, and this is just my philosophy as we, you know, talk about Ryder Cup stuff. And that is just, I'm not going to WD. Like if I post a 95 next to my name. I posted a 95. Okay. That was what I had today. I'm not going to worry about it and freak out. Um, and, and, you know. Again, we're talking Ryder Cup, and the Americans just are terrible in Europe. They struggle in foursomes. And um, to me, sometimes they don't seem to care as much. We talked I about mean, that. They, just, they just do not seem to care as much. So I don't know how to solve that. Um, you know, it's, I don't even think that I would throw Zach Johnson under the bus. No. Um, I don't think it's a captain thing. I in general, no. Yeah, I just... I just don't think they care as much. Real quickly before we go to break, I wanted to talk about this too because it's a Brooks Kepka. I don't know if you saw. He trolls the internet. This dude loves to do these things. Like, so he put a picture out on Instagram of all these dudes from the PGA Tour that were on the U.S. team wearing his team's uniform. Oh wow! And it was I want to say it's Xander Shoffley. It was a really good – if he does get that team and signs those guys, I'm like, holy crap. It's uh, Ricky Fowler, Max Homa, Xander Shoffley, and I don't know who this other guy is. It's so bad of me. but um, it's a good group, though. That And he put, I make money moves. And I'm like, you are a troll, dude. He's that just guy. trying to get people fired up. He is. Um, that's Brooksy. Yeah, and that's what he does. So he put that out. Now, again – we haven't talked a lot of live because it's been you know kind of quiet. But if that team does go with him, holy cow, dude! I don't I don't know if it'll happen, but but we'll see. I mean, I, I have no idea. Um, all right, that'll do it for this first segment. On the next segment, we're talking about choose your hard. We talked about it a little bit between Don Trell and R, but let's you got to choose your hard in all kinds of athletics. So. Um, this is Jerome Espinosa alongside Dontrell Moore, and this is 1017 The Team. Let's get back to the 8th Grady Sports Show with Jerome Espinosa and Dontrell Moore on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Welcome back to the 8th Grady Sports Show. I am Jerome Espinosa. If you're in need of re-gripping, club repair, or golf instruction, hit us up, gespinosa at 8gradies.com. Winners around the corner. And we're a great indoor option. We do get really busy in the winter, um, you know, as this the weather starts to cool down and starts to get darker. So um, people come inside. Yeah, people come inside, and you know, we can do. Uh, actually, you know, we did a. a I called it a, a a club tune up or a club set tune up, but we kind of experimented with mine the other day. We took took out all the paint, repainted them, refinished them. Dude, I'll show you. They look, look sweet. good. We wow. put new ferrules, new grips. It looks good. I'll like have to go check it out. Yeah, I'll show you. That's yeah. it's awesome. So we, you know, we can do that kind of stuff. So um, we touched on this a little bit last week as we we're kind of running out of time, and you and I had a good discussion. You're like, dude, we got to talk about that. Absolutely. Is um, I've heard the term "choose your heart," and it refers to all kinds of different things. Um, and you know, I, I obviously us two growing up in athletics in New Mexico, and you know, obviously you went to higher levels. Um, Really, it, the the term "choose your hard" to me is is really really big, and I think I think of when I was coaching a whole lot in high school basketball, 
and kids would complain. Kids and parents would complain about um, playing time, right? That's the biggest thing in basketball that I ever dealt with is all the playing time. Coach, you just don't play me, and I don't do this. And it's like, well, guys, you you, you legit have to choose your hard. Like, are you going to go hard in practice and get exhausted in practice and work on the days when you don't feel like practicing? Or you can sit on the bench because you're just not one of the better players. So choose which hard you want to do. I don't want to... I don't practice. I don't do the extra work. I don't do my ball handling. I don't do my shooting when I'm not in practice. So can you speak to that a little bit, Dontrell? Like, what do you think about choose your hard as we, you know, talk about this? I, when you first brought it up last week and I, I just got excited about it, thinking about the foundation of it. What does that mean? Choose your heart. Why are you telling me to choose something hard? And then I asked you kind of to elaborate a little bit because I, my mind goes a couple of different ways. Like my mind goes, am I choosing what I care, what I care to be tough about, what I care to complain about? Yep. Or is it what or is it what I'm choosing two separate hards? Meaning if it like I think about major pain when he, the uh, a little boy was complaining about his, his finger or his um, his uh, stomach hurting or whatever, and then he, he broke his he broke his pinky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? He's like, so which hard are you going to complain about, your yep. stomach hurting or the pinky broken off? And so I think about that concept. But overall, for me, it's simply what what are you willing to do to get over whatever you're complaining about? Yep. You're saying if you're the kid that's complaining about not getting playing time, that's your hard, right? That's your yep. metaphorical hard. Well, the other hard is getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning yep. and going to work out. So when Jerome is saying choose your hard, what we're hearing, what I feel is you have a choice regardless. Yep. And then that brings me to what we'll get into in the next segment too, what we talked a little bit about is the two choices that you make. What do I want and then what am I willing to do to go get it? That to me incorporates choosing your hard. Yeah. What are you going to do to go get I choose my heart. Heart is, dang, all the girls are up in the stands and I'm not playing. I remember one of my buddies in seventh grade was like, all the girls are all cheering, cheering for <laughs> you. Funny. And I said, well, I work hard. Yeah. I'm here every morning. I, I practice my game. I go shoot free throws. I, I play one-on-one with my friends. You're playing video games. Dude. And I, it's funny you say that now that you brought up video games because you're exactly right. Like, I always think not that it was any easier when, you know, we were both younger but nowadays, like, it's not. I don't. I think it's even easier because you got all these dudes playing video games. Ex- right. Like, I don't even have to put in seven oh, hours. Right. right. I only. Have I to put be, in an hour. I only. I don't. And I don't have to be better than five. I have to be better than one or two now. Yeah. Because the other three are playing video games. Yeah. yeah heck well, yeah. you and I, we had to outplay and work hard. Eight kids of ten. Yeah. Now one or two kids are doing it. Yeah, and I, you know, I, 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 the choose your hard can go so many different ways. And I've seen it used in a bunch of different metaphors, but choose your, you know, I'll even talk to marriage. People talk about, gosh, marriage is so hard. This is so much. Well, so is divorce. <laughs> yeah. Like, so is sharing kids. Man. So is paying for lawyer. Fee. Like, so it goes so is to splitting time. Yeah. It goes to all sorts of levels of choose your heart. Like, okay, I get it. This thing is hard. I love like, that. you know, getting better and I I use now, you know, where I'm at golf. Getting yeah. better at golf is hard. It is hard. Or do you want to be the one that complains when you go play in your scramble with your buddies? With your, you know, your colleagues that you work with and oh, they're yeah. like, "Dude, you're terrible." You're like, "Well, do I want to hear terrible all day or do I want to actually get some instruction and work on what I'm supposed to be doing?" And it's not easy. You may not have the means nope. and the time and the resources, but again, if you are choosing your hard Figure it out. That's how I look at it, right? Yep. I'm not. We're not saying go quit your job and go get instruction <laughs> at eight graders with Jerome. That's not what we're saying. We're saying if you're the guy that's complaining on the golf course with your buddies because they're all shooting 90 and you're shooting 120, you're holding everybody up, Yep. don't complain. Yep. Because all your 90s buddies have been over to eight graders in Jerome and got their work in, right? Well, and, it's, and, it's, and you haven't. It's like you said. You can put in any sort of amount of excuse because I used to hear it. When I worked at Arroyo, when I first started doing golf, is like, well, golf's expensive. I'm like, chipping and putting is free. Free 99. Free 99. That's how go, I got better. Go chip, go put. Well, it's not fun. 
What do you mean? For me, it was. Yeah. I'm, it was, I wasn't paying anything, and I was getting better. I'm just, <laughs> that's a double positive. I lived literally 100 yards from Ladera, my first house that I brought when I came back from, um, when I went with the, playing with the books. I came back home. I said, what am I going to do? I finally bought my first house. It was down the street from Ladera. In, in those, literally, I would say in that year, I got better in that year playing zero rounds. I couldn't afford it at yeah, that time. Yeah. I played zero rounds of golf. Zero. That year... From playing in Tennessee and moving back here, I got there and I was like, so this is what Tiger was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the, remember he yeah. sat on the range with his dad and work. Yep. This is. Yep. Oh, that's what a 56 degree is supposed to look like. Yeah. Because I worked. At, oh, that's what being able to chip 10 balls and get eight within three or four feet is looking like. Yep. That's what it looks like. Choose my heart. Dontrell, the athlete who can't play golf and everybody's laughing at him, and I'm complaining about that. That's hard for me to hear. Or go to Ladera every day for an hour and go chip. Yeah. I mean, and I, you know, I, I saw it another way, too, that it, you know, speaks to we keep talking about the same thing, but choose your heart is okay, do I want to, you know, get up at 6 a.m., 5 a.m. and work out? And, and I'm not saying you have to go lift 5,000 pounds and do all kinds. Of, how about go for a walk? Like, do I want to walk? 10 or 20,000 steps to get healthier or do I want to go to the doctor's appointments and pay all those and get fees and get all kinds of medication? Which hard do you want? Like that's just, and you know, sometimes it's hard to swallow. I know it's been hard for me to swallow as I've gotten older. Like my heart is I got to work out a little bit more. I got to eat a little bit cleaner. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. And, and that's fine. But you know, when I go to the doctor and he tells me, dang, your blood pressure is like a teenage girl, which I took it was a compliment. You're like, I don't know if I- <laughs> yeah, I'm like, but that's what I've chosen. Absolutely. Like it's and you know and again and when we're talking about this in any sort of aspect of life, not just you know athletics or whatever, but you know you want to get better. It's gonna cost you some blood, sweat, and tears, as people say. Like it really is when it's hundred degrees or whatever, and it's hot and it's sweaty, and yeah, you're the only one out on the field. You're getting better. And here's what I'll add to that. When you choose your heart correctly and then you see the results. Yep. When you get the teenage girl and uh, 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 metaphor or whatever, you know, that, that analogy that he told you, you realize that you're choosing your heart came with a success. There is a there's validation from choosing yes. your heart. Search for that validation. I'm not saying validate yourself through other people and things. What I'm saying is if I choose to go shoot free throws. Yep. When I go nine for 10, yep. tell yourself out loud, that was me choosing my heart. Yep. I chose my heart, which is to go work on my free throws, and it paid off. Yep. The Mamba mentality, the Jordan, what they thought, six championships, five championships, feared by other players, 60-point games, right? Choose yep. your, everyone, everyone gives LeBron James, oh, he used a million dollars a year in what? In choosing his heart. Yeah. What's the, what's the result of choosing his heart to to sacrifice to to not go party and to not drink and do all those things? That he's seventy five years old and still the best player in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The long the longevity. longevity. But he's chosen his heart. Yep. He's, and it's because you're right. It's not easy to eat. Um, when I was talking to one of my golf students one time, and he's like, "Coach, you look great." And I said, "Yeah, thanks." I said, "I've been eating cleaner." And he goes, "Well, he goes, you're not eating for like." super enjoyment and understand that he goes you're eating because you're doing it for your health and i'm like that's a good point like would i love to go have a dairy queen every day i'm sure i would i'm an ice cream dude so am i i would love that yep. but maybe i do it once, once a, a week yeah once a month yes because i, I don't want to get to you know where i weigh 700 pounds i tell people when people see me now and they say oh you still look like you can play i said i work out so i couldn't eat what i want i just don't yes they go what I'll say it again. I work out and stay fit so I can eat what I what I want, what I want, but I just don't. Yep. It's that simple. Yeah. I'll be honest. I literally can and have at some point in my life had a Dairy Queen Blizzard large <laughs> every single Dude, day for a month. Dude, don't do this to me. Every single day for oh a month. Oh my gosh. Every single day. As I've aged, I said, "Okay, let's get it down to 3 weeks. Let's get it down to 2 weeks." Now it's two or three times a month. Yeah. That's enough for me. I enjoy it. Yeah. Right. For the same reason, I've chosen my heart. I don't want my heart to be. Oh my God! I have that good Dairy Queen, and now I'm huffing and puffing, and I can't <laughs> run around with the kids, and I can't. True. True. So That's, my heart yep. is, I'll just have three a month. Yeah. Right. Some months they're zero. Yeah. 
And don't worry, I'll catch up on it if I miss the month. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll have four if I miss the month. But choosing your heart is a mentality. It's about deciding what you're wanting to do, being disciplined enough to do it, and keep it going. Yeah, and and really, um, I always loved, I think it was Jordan that said, you know, that Jordan Spieth or Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan, that he always said, you know, um, he loved the monotony of doing the simple, easy things. And to me, there's a lot to be said for that, like... If you become a master at those super simple things, and I mean, people probably, and, and I've seen, I know everybody wants to, uh, you know, if we go to basketball and, um, oh my gosh, freaking his name just dropped out of my head. The best shooter ever right now. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. If you watch him warm up, he's not shooting a million shots from outside the three. Go watch him warm up. I'm sure everything is like a couple layups. Couple little tiny shots, free throws. Like, yes, he starts inward rhythm. and gets yes. everything. Just yes. gets those monotonous things. Let's do these and do them and do them and do them. And then everyone just gets excited when they see makes the thirty you know, footer, he makes the fifty footer, all kinds of threes, and he's coming off of the screens and falling sideways. I'm like, if he doesn't do the monotonous, he can't do the hard. It's absolutely you cannot. It's absolutely correct. You cannot. You cannot do. You cannot. You, he cannot make the the fifty footers in the fourth quarter if his free throw mechanics weren't there. Yep. Perfect example. Every single training session at Dontrelmore Football Academy, powered by Eight Gradies, I do the latter. Oh yeah. Every, no matter what, I don't care if you if you have the best feet in the world or you're a, or a novice, because the monotony of doing the latter every single day is why for me I had the best feet of any running back. Yep. That's why. Not because I was more talented, not because I worked harder. I worked hard at specific things and I did them. Literally, you bring up Steph Curry. You literally bring up, we could bring up Tiger Woods, all those, the Jordans of the world, the LeBron. They have a routine of monotonous. Yep. They have a routine of it. They li- their kids know what they're going to do every <laughs> single day. Their wives know. Their friends know. Oh, no, nope, I can't talk to LeBron between 10 and 11 because he's walking 33 feet and he's t- literally, yep. it's that. Important to them to do the simple things every single day. Well, and I spoke to this a while ago, I think, but watching Peyton, Peyton Manning at my first Broncos game warm up was that, I mean, he was legit on the five-yard line throwing these tiny little routes to receivers, and I'm like, that's why he's freaking great. I'm like, he's throwing it high, he's throwing it medium, he's throwing it low, he's throwing a... You know, a laser. He's, he's not just lobbing it perfect it. every time. He's like he's not doing this. He's they're going to the out. They're going to the middle. He's leading. He's throwing behind. And I'm just like, that dude's ridiculous. It's absolutely amazing. And 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 we could talk about that so much. And we'll get into a little bit more when we get back. But just just awesome. Choose your heart. Interested in what it may. Interested in what it what makes an athlete tick. What's going on in the brain of a successful athlete, and maybe what is not going on. Those answers and more when we return on on the other side. ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team. Let's get back to the 8th Grady Sports Show with Jerome Espinoza and Dontrell Moore on ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team. Hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm here with Jerome Espinosa, PGA professional and director of 8th Grady's golf program. I am Dontrell Moore, director of Dontrell Moore Football Academy, powered by 8th Grady's. Oh, man. So much to talk about. <laughs> it is just so exciting. Um, thank you for listening. We, I, we, we, Before the break, we were talking about choosing your heart, and we went on a long um, time about it. But I think to break it down a, a little more and to give you guys some, some perspective and some kind of some points that you can take with you in your life and your, your daily, daily grind of life and sport is the kind of the psychology of an athlete. And when you first hear that, Jerome, just the psychology of an athlete, you go, oh, gosh, wishy-washy, just get out there and play football, play baseball, play soccer, play golf. Or do you go, well, you know what? I'd like to hear more about that. Or, or that's important as a coach of multiple sports. When you hear psychology of an athlete, do you go, oh, gosh, let's just play ball. Or do you go, you know what? I bet you there's, some, there's some, something behind that. You know what? As a basketball person, and that's what I grew up with, basketball, I never even thought about that. And I don't know why. Like, um, And again, maybe it goes back to what we were saying, the monotonous. I shot so many free throws in my backyard <laughs> that it. I never like had, I never thought of the psychology till I got into golf. And then I'm like, 
you know, because it comes to a screeching halt in golf. In basketball, we've talked about this. In football, in baseball, you're reacting so much, you don't have a lot of time, but it's when it goes and slows down that you get your brain involved. But now, as I've aged and, you know, I'm like, dude, there's so much psychology um, to all kinds of sports. And I knew a little bit as a basketball coach because here was a trick that I used to do is people call timeouts when they want to freeze the shooter, right? Yes. So they're like, call a timeout yeah. so we can get him to freeze. Right. And before we in, – I've always done this is as a basketball coach is when you were talking to your team mm-hmm. and you were shooting, right? I'd say, after Dontrell makes these two free throws, oh, love it. here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump into a press. We're going to do this. I never – I never would have put any sort of doubt because already now I'm putting in your head that you might miss I'm it. making these free throws. You don't go, well, if, if Dontrell makes it, we're going to do this. Yes. If he misses it, we're going to do this. You yes. don't say that. Yes. And then the last thing, I would grab you before you went to the free throw line. I'd say, Dontrell, hold your follow through. That's all I want you to do. Hold your follow through. Mm. Yeah. And that's all you were. That's what I would do. And that was about as big as I got. Here's what's crazy, though. Wise. He's saying that's about as big as he got. You just said, right? That's what it, that is psychology of an athlete. Yep. At the rudimentary foundation, at the novice level of it. Now they've taken it. There's books and there's, it is just, and I, I love it, but there is an element of, of, of overdoing it. Yes. You have to find that balance. I've read this, there's a part, book that says, a tennis fan, I marvel at, at as a tennis fan, because I love tennis, I marvel at Roger Federer's ability to gracefully execute some of the most difficult shots I've ever seen. Other sports have their greats. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Michael Phelps, Lance Armstrong. This, this is how old this article is. These are just a few of these athletes that continually wows with their agility and uncanny power and strength. We know them for what they can do from the neck down. But what about their minds? Yep. When I read that, I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm intrigued. I'm reading this. Because yeah. I do. I am intrigued about their minds. If I asked you in three seconds to say, when you think of an athlete who has the greatest mind, any sport, and I counted down from three. I want to know who would you would say. I have two people that I don't know if I can differentiate you, but I'll, I'll see who you got. Three, two, one. Tiger Woods. It's, that's my guy. It's, and I would say Michael it, Jordan's like right He's 1A, 1B, though. <laughs> but, I mean, it's his. And I, the, the shot that I will probably always remember that to me, I'm like, dude, this guy's ridiculous. Is that one at Augusta? He's on the collar, like, it, he's, it's a chip that he made. It was like a Nike commercial, right? Because the ball rolled, 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 stopped. Oh, it's on 16. 16. Yeah. Yes. 16. And you see him. Yes. He's not doing anything like mechanical. He is in his brain playing the video. Literally. 100% psychology. Playing he's the shot. Like, it's I going here. here. Yes. It's going to stop. It's yes. going to spin. It'll break. It's going to roll. Dude. He did that shot mentally yep. before he ever even touched the golf club and hit it. And if you go back and watch how much time he took to hit that it shot, it was amazing. He went to the left, he went to the right, and 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 it it, it was. Listen, you could say it was luck, no, but we know no. we know that his his psychology, his brain, his preparation, his thought process. I told one of my young athletes yesterday, "You have a game Saturday." On the way to the game, write down what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Yep. Talk it into existence. See it happening. Yep. I love that. I, and she's like, oh, you can see her eyes kind of light up because she's like, oh, yeah. You're going to beat the defender. She's a soccer girl. You're going to beat the defender. How are you going to beat her? With the explosion that we've worked on. Yep. Write it down. And so when I think about that, the psychology of an athlete, there's three major components. We talked a little bit about them last week, but mental toughness. There's what's your motivation and then your goal setting, right? Mental toughness. Nobody's tiger. Nobody's tougher than Tiger. Nobody's tougher than MJ, right? Their mental toughness. Then they find what's their motivation. MJ's motivation was making up stuff about other people about him. <laughs> he created his motivation. That's what I told her yesterday. I said, I said, who's the best defender on your little league soccer league? And she said, Brooklyn. She, never, she didn't even stutter. Little girl named Brooklyn. I said, okay. If you're lazy out of your drills today and our work and you don't explode, you can't get by Brooklyn. <gasps> she goes, okay. <laughs> and I said, so Saturday you picture every single girl's Brooklyn and that's how you play. Yep. That's mentality. That's choosing your heart. That's the major component of, of the psychology of an athlete that allows you to be better, right? We marvel, like the guy said, it. we marvel at their physical skills. We talk so much about people's physical attributes. Let's... The most physical specimen of an athlete to me is LeBron James. Yep. 
Hundred percent. His mind might be better than any of them from a the way he sees the basketball game. When you hear people talk about LeBron James, they talk about cerebral player, the yep. smartest player they've ever played against. Not the best because Jordan's the best. We've already talked about that, right? But cerebral, the way he four plays ahead. I tell yep. people I like my. I always I'm always laugh at this. My wife's always always giving me a hard time because I say oh, they're playing checkers. I'm playing chess. <laughs> <laughs> That's I just love saying that because it sounds like oh, you're playing this kind of a game. I'm three or four steps ahead. Yeah, right, yeah. Not, I'm not even a chess player. That's what makes it funny. Never play chess. Never don't even know how. But I know in the game you have to be two or three steps ahead, yeah. or you have no chance. No, Checkers is right now. Right? What's your move right now? I'm gonna jump right here. Jump right here. The best athletes are three or four steps ahead. And I think about that, right? And just reading some of the other stuff and this stuff, in, the, in our analysis, we found that athletes have an advantage is what is known as the changing, changing the breadth of visual attention. Visual attention is the ability to focus on what is currently relevant to whatever you are doing. That is just crazy. While ignoring distractions. Breadth of attention refers to how many things you take in and how much of the environment you are paying attention to at one time. If I'm standing over my golf, I'm standing over my tee shot, at Europe, right? At the Ryder Cup. Yep. And everyone is, oh, no, 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 I hate you. No, 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 I hate you. I hate you. What can you ignore and focus in on? The best athletes do that in life. Yeah. And it's the coolest thing. So what I'm saying to you guys is find a way to f- narrow your focus, to narrow what you're thinking about. That's the mental toughness of it. Um, in life, at work, your boss, there's so many things that come up, Right. What is really a distraction? Don Trumore football caddy, you could ask any of my kids that go, what is the distraction? And they go, something we don't care about. And you go, what do you mean you don't care? I, I acknowledge a distraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's I don't there. care about it. Yep. Because people think you ignore, I don't think you should ignore distractions personally. I think you should pay homage to it and then it's just there. It's some, because here's the reality. If you pay homage to it, it can't bite you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, it, does that make sense? Yep. If you, if you, if you look at your, if you acknowledge it, that it exists. It can't sneak up on you. Yep. It can't. Oh my gosh! I well, see it, but it it doesn't. I'm I not know it's there. about it. Exactly. That's what I tell people. What is the sun in the summer? It's a distraction. It's hot out here. I know. Let's say it's hot. So what? Let's work, dude. That's funny. As you talking, I'm bringing pictures to my brain about like a golfer, right? Like some people can't putt with their shadow when their shadow like is on top of them, or take or a the swing. flag or the flag know, shadow. I know myself when I take a swing sometimes. And it's again, it's a distraction. It's there, and I know it's there. But if I take a swing, sometimes I watch my shadow. No way. <laughs> yeah, I'm like during the oh, swing, my shadow's moving. <laughs> like, but that's just. And I've always said it. Like coming from a basketball world into golf, I think was a little bit of an advantage because free throws and you just get used to the the hostile environment. Yeah, they're there. I know that there's dudes yelling at me and flipping me off and throwing ice and. Doing all kinds of other stuff, tennis balls, but I don't give them any sort of I weight. Don't. I don't. It's there. Okay. I'd love that. It That's, doesn't affect me, though. It, it can't affect you, right? Mental toughness, three major components, guys. Mental toughness, motivation, and goal setting. Like I told the young girl yesterday, set a goal for your game. Set a goal for life. You wake up every day and then set a goal, right? If I'm telling my daughter to, 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 to make her bed in the morning, we're setting a goal right now. Is to be exact when we wake up. We're setting the tone for the day. Two major questions. What do you want and what are you willing to do to go get it? That's just a major thing I love talking about because it allows you to narrow your focus. What do I want? I want to choose my heart. How do I I go get it? And I write that down. That there's four C's also to the psychology of an athlete. Confidence, commitment, concentration, and control of emotions. Let's talk a little bit about control of emotions. Why do you think that one's such a big one and those four C's in the psychology of an athlete? Controlling your emotions. That's kind of interesting, the control of emotions for me because, again, it throws me back into the coaching mode when I get to, you know, sometimes control of emotion has to do with your your upbringing too a little bit. Some of the stuff you're going on at home, I've always noticed that. I'm like, that kid is not here. There's something going on, you know, where I would in a timeout or whatever – um, tell some kids like, "Hey, dude, are you okay? Are you all right?" Because it's not, it's not the game. It's other stuff that he let come into, yes. and he's just emotional. Whether right. he's frustrated, angry, mad, sad, yep. whatever it may Afraid. be, yeah. Um, 
so that one for me is huge because sometimes it's a total exterior thing. It is. And here's what's crazy. Most people, when I tell you controlling your emotions, they think about negative emotion. Here's what I think about. Bring your energy today. Yeah. That's controlling your emotions, right? You're down, you're frustrated, you're sad, you have a lot going on. You can control your emotions by bringing extra energy and emotion, right? Most people think of it just as a negative thing. When I say control your emotions, meaning don't get too high. Yes. Do you see what I'm saying? That one's huge. It's huge. I'm saying don't be too low. Yep. Control your emotions. What do you need today to bring energy to this session? What do you need today to bring energy controlling your emotions? So that's a part of a psychology of an athlete. So when you're navigating your world, you're navigating your day, remember, control your emotions, both positive and negative. Yep. If it's a little low in there, bring some energy to the house. Right? You know, there was four of us working out the other day, and it was I saw the energy was low, so I just start clapping. <laughs> I start clapping and all my instantly I, all the kids are like, I said. And then they just started clapping. And then they just started looking at me and looking around. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. That's the energy. And that's why the psychology of an athlete is so important that you understand the four C's, you understand your motivation, and you understand those two questions. What do you want? And what are you willing to do to go get it? Next, a coach's guarantee, his team's reaction, and where they might go from there. And is it now prime time for prime time? Find out when we return on the other side. ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team. Let's get back to the 8th Grady Sports Show with Jerome Espinoza and Dontrell Moore on ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team. Hi, once again, we welcome you back to the 8th Grady Sports Show. I'm here with Jerome Espinosa, PGA professional and director of 8 Grady's Golf Program. I am Dontrell Moore, director of Dontrell Moore Football Academy, powered by 8Gs. Come join Dontrell Moore Football Academy, an all-encompassing academy where we focus on skill development, position-specific performance, and mental conditioning. Isn't that funny? We just talked about it. With a fun, competitive atmosphere. Are you interested? Go to 8gradies.com or email me at dmore at 8gradies.com. Or you can Instagram me at, or I guess as the kids would say, IG me, <laughs> at dmore22fba underscore 8g. So much. Um the psychology of it all we talked about that we're going to get a little to get into a little bit about Lobo football and coach Gonzalez when we're talking about psychology um a couple of weeks ago um coach Gonzalez guaranteed a bowl game came on after the New Mexico State loss and said this team will be in a bowl game um initially what are your thoughts about that about, I, mean, about a- I heard that too um initially and I was like whoo that's bold again he knows the schedule um, so that's probably part of it, you know, to know the schedule, like what we can do. And to be honest, I get it. Like he's probably trying to fire up the troops and the, you know, the fans and that sort of stuff. Um, I, I understand that. I get all that. But I, to guarantee it, whoo, that's, I mean, uh, but again, he's the one in practice. Like Absolutely. that's the thing I always tell people is you can talk all the crap you want about what's going on with the team. You do not. No, what's what happening is going between on Tuesday in practice? Yep. You have no clue. No clue. Is, are people missing film? Are people not doing film? Are people not right with grades? There's or are they so on many it? Other or are they things. on it? Or yep. are they? They're they're, they're doing yes. great, and they might look good. And we've talked. Um, I was talking to Steph on the other day about this. How teams can outplay what they really are. Yeah, because they get some confidence and they get rolling. Or teams can underplay yes. because you have a really good team. And they just got beat up early, right? And then they just start to just just go just, in the tank, yes. and you're like, no, yeah. But I've been in both positions so um, where you're like, dude, this team is really good. We've just had a really tough schedule. Yep, um, we're underachieving because yeah. of it. So I, I think to 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 add on to that, I don't mind the guarantee at all. I and, and you gave multiple reasons why I wouldn't, but for me, it's just it's just simple. What confidence am I giving to my players publicly? Yep. I think that's huge. Yep. Be, especially in this day and age. Because they're going to read the newspapers. They're going to be on social media. It's going to be all over, right? His players absolutely know what he thinks. Is it pressure? Sure. Yeah. Sure, there's pressure. But pressure if you're preparing, anyway. there's pressure anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Well said. There's pressure whether you lose all 12 games or you win six and get to a bowl game, right? 
The immediate game after he said that was what? UMass. The U- Lobos go to UMass. Oh, yeah. You said it was a great game. Great game. It was Went a thriller. Into Went into overtime. They kind of, they were playing really well. He, they were backing up his confidence. UMass is a pretty good team. Came back late and made it a great game. But it was the attitude that the the will to win. Dylan Hopkins, who's uh, the starting quarterback, walked over to Coach Gonzalez right, at, right after the fourth quarter. And he said, we will win this game. You guys stopped them on defense. We will score a touchdown and win the game. He said it to him. Oh my he God. said it to him. I love that. Don't you love that? Oh, dude, I'm Here's about the thing. It. Now, go back to his guarantee. Yep. And you hear what your player, your starting quarterback comes up and says, to me, it's a positive. Yep. There's no negative when your starting quarterback comes up to you. So what did they do? UMass gets the ball. You know, in college overtime, if you guys don't know, everybody gets a chance to go. They go from the 25-yard line. And if UMass goes first and they score a field goal, the Lobos know they have to do what to win? Score a touchdown. It's exactly what happened. They stopped them to a field goal, okay? Played tough. And they had had given up like 14 points in the fourth quarter, though. Yep. So they, they, they bowed up when they had to. The offense gets the ball, scores a touchdown, wins the game, walk off. Well, I think I'll, you know, as I jump in real quick, but I think it means way more when that guy comes forward and says, Coach, you stop him, we're winning. Like, if a player told me that, I'm as a, like, You mean as a coach? Yes. Let's go. I'm like, let's go. Like, <laughs> a player does it, it means a, a lot. thousand times more. I agree, because he's the one that has to do it. He's your leader. And you would hope that he said that to the defensive guy, yeah, the defensive yeah. leader. Hey, you guys stop him. We'll score a touchdown and win. Yep. That's what happened. So that's that's the first game. Then the second game after the guarantee was Wyoming loss. And they played hard. They played well, but just seemed a little beat up like you talked about and took a loss. Here's what happens now. There's four winnable games because they only have to win six to be bowl eligible. They're two, two, and two. They have San Jose, Hawaii, Nevada and UNLV coming up in a row, in a row. Now, maybe people don't know that, but those teams are all all beatable, all beatable. Interesting. So, but then they close with Boise, Fresno, and Utah State, and Boise and Fresno and Utah State are pretty good teams. Well, I tell you this, it goes to what we're talking about. If they can get a little momentum on these four, San Jose, Hawaii, Nevada, and really get some, who knows? That's they might exact- just keep going with the train. Who, yeah, that's That's how it works. Yep. That's how I, I, I love golf, so I know I go back to it. But when I'm piping my drive and I'm I love hitting my drive, no matter what, oh, you should nope, go hit your driver. Don't lay, you know, there's water. Can you nope, just hit your driver? Because when I get on a roll, when I start hitting my driver, you it, won't miss. I, I won't miss. And it's a fun place to be in. That's momentum. And I think you're right. He's like, okay, here's what's crazy. I said they got the Wyoming game, I think they would have won five in a row. Because that's 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 football. You get this momentum going and it's fun to watch. And I think that's what he was thinking about in that guarantee. So what is bowl eligibility and how do they do it? I just mentioned that. you got to get to six wins. They're at two. So there's those four games. And here's the reality. Let's say they win three out of four games. Then they only have to win one of the, of the tough yeah. three. That's possible. So I like his guarantee. Right? We're talking about Coach Gonzalez and his guarantee that he made a couple of weeks ago after a gut-wrenching loss to the Aggies. So I, it, and I think it's interesting also when it came. It came after the lo- that loss. Yeah. Think about that. So, anyways, I've asked you already, agree or disagree with coaches with guarantee, and you said you, you have no problem with it. Um, you know, lastly, what does it mean for your team, right? What does it mean for your team? We talked about that. There's a lot of possibilities that it could mean for your team because it could go multiple ways. Yeah, no, it absolutely can. And he's, you know, again, uh, it, it means a lot for the team. And, you know, uh, they could get healthy. There's so many things in football that don't happen in other sports. Is like, I mean, you lose a couple guys and it just kicks you right in the teeth. Yes. Or you get a couple guys back. Like, there's so many other, like, out exterior things that could take place with football that sometimes it's just like, oh, my gosh. That team was really good, but then they lost two defensive guys. Just two, though. Or one what? offensive yes. uh, receiver. I mean, look at, you know, you have Colorado. Look at Colorado. Travis They're Hunter. They're going and they lose Travis Hunter, and that derails them a little bit. Now it gives other people a chance yep. to step up. Yes. And you know, we're talking when you say choose your heart. There you go. You were behind this dude. There Step up and do your game. Here's your chance. You don't wish injury upon anybody. <laughs> no. But here, but here's your chance. Yeah. What's it? Is it uh, Wally Pip? What, um. What What's the the first baseman? Lou Gehrig. Um. Remember Lou Gehrig went on to play. Is it Lou Gehrig that had all those uh first pl- the starts and um 
I think it's Wally Pip is his name. He he uh, he got sick and got you know missed a game. Lou Gehrig stepped in and no, never gave it back. And never gave it back. It's like Tom Brady. Same exact thing. Drew Bledsoe gets hurt. Yep. He's he's the man in there, which is crazy. Now we'll talk about that next week. Is it is it Belichick? Was the Raider? Was the the Patriots run? Was it Belichick or was it Brady? <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk about that next week. But yes, it's it's stepping in, stepping in to figuring out what you want to do. Uh, lastly, before we get out of here, let's little update. I know you know you and I were hot and hot on Dion, but update on Dion Sanders in Colorado. Obviously, we know how he started and where he's at now. You know TCU, Nebraska, and now he's lost to USC and Oregon. And um, do you think he's being fairly judged? Is the question I ask. You think that it's remember they were they were one in one in eleven yep. last year, zero in twelve the year before. Is he is he fairly judged? Is he overachieving, underachieving, and is the criticism fair? I think it's I think he's right on track. I think he's fine. I think he's just fine. Now again, you just spoke to it. One in eleven over the last three seasons. Like they're ahead of schedule by A ten mile. years for Pete's sakes. <laughs> And people are going to blow them up. I mean, they USC was nationally ranked. Oregon's nationally ranked. They're in the game. They are. They Oregon. They got hammered. But I'm like, SC was forty eight forty one. I'm like, don't tell me that Colorado would have paid a lot of money to be in that game. It would have been. A, it would have been a payout game. So it, don't give me that they're not on track. They're on track. And I'll go back to what he said, and I agree with him. Wait till I get some more dogs. No doubt. I need five or six dogs. To and get like you more dogs. It's over. Game. They are ahead of schedule. People are saying, oh, my gosh. I don't know if you saw what RG3 and and um, I, I can't forget the guy's name, Feely, I think it is. Maybe not Feely, but he was saying, um, you know, uh, people are just tired of hearing about it. You know, he's overhyped. Here's the thing. It, 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 it's, it's, that's unfair, right? They are ahead of schedule. They've been in games with teams they should not be involved in. <laughs> 48-41 against SC, who could win the national championship and probably has the Heisman frontrunner in Caleb Williams. Right, they are right where they need to be. They're going to be bowl eligible, and I just think two losses do, does not negate yep, everything no. that has transpired for Colorado. And I'm still on the bandwagon. Here's why. Here's the last thing I'll say about Dion and what's happened with the Oregon coach that was saying they do it for clicks and we oh, do it yeah. for that's, a that's joke. unfair. It's a joke because he has never Dion in all his flair and prime has always promoted his kids. Yep. He has supported him. He has supported their families. He told their mom and dad on their couch what he was going to do, yep. and he did it. It's not about ticks. It's not about clicks. Nope. It's about developing young men, and they are ahead of where they're supposed to be, and it's because of Dion Primetime Sanders. Love it. You got to love him. <laughs> you don't got to love him, but you got to respect what he's going to yep. do. It's that simple. Well, that will do it for this week, folks. I am Don Moore, director of Don Moore. Football Academy, powered by eight Grady's, proud Lobo legend. He is Jerome Espinosa, PGA professional and director of eight Grady's golf program. Thank you so very much for listening. As always, there will be a link to today's show at eightgradies.com. Tune in next week where we talk golf, football, and everything in between. Every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 11 on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Thank you for listening to the 8 Grady Sports Show on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team with Jerome Espinoza and Dontrell Moore. Come back every Saturday from 10 to 11 for all of the latest news and analysis from the world of golf, football, and much more.